Welcome to the joint podcast with the Victors Nation and Skyu Pod. The battle for the little brown jug is on. I am your host, Jason Robinson. Both pods are brought to you by Big Banter Sports. Make sure you follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and visit us at bigbantersports.com to get your new sports involving Big Ten football. With me are my people, Derek McCarty and Dre Fame. Uh, we want to welcome Kurt, Max, and Spencer from the Minnesota Pods. What's up, dudes? Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, we're looking forward to another matchup for the Little Brown Jug and mm-hmm. hoping to pull something off here on uh, Saturday night. It's been a minute since 2020, so it's been a little while. Yeah. yeah. Max, Kurt, Spencer, can I get a gold blue from you guys? Let's go. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'll politely decline. <laughs> All right, we'll let's to jump to re- the questions. <laughs> we'll have to revisit at the end of the podcast. We got the uh, the Nebraska guys last week to to make a wager with us on the spread of the game. So uh, yeah. they they should be starting their first podcast this week with a go blue uh, because we covered. So uh, <laughs> they're going to be bantering with each other too, Derek. I think there's going to be some arguments after that game. They they will they will. Uh, well, awesome. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, awesome to have Y'all you. Y'all want to make a little um, wager? Yeah, we, we might have one. <laughs> but uh, let's um, let, let's take a look ahead. So going into week six of college football already uh, somehow. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's any surprises with where we're at being 5-0. and oh. uh, I think that what we looked like this past week against Nebraska is kind of the the Michigan football that everyone expected to to see. Um, and so I, I guess before we necessarily get into the matchup, what are your thoughts on the the first few weeks of the season for Minnesota? What are your thoughts on where Minnesota's at right now? I'll start. Um, yeah, it's been so up and down already. Like it's just uh, you know, the first game our offense was dead until the fourth quarter. We were able to pull out that comeback against Nebraska. Um, I think, you know, Ethan had a tough week three game against North Carolina, but since that North Carolina game, he's looked pretty solid, although they're not letting him do a whole lot. Um Darius Taylor's been a nice surprise at running back. So I think the offense is kind of trending the right way. But now it's kind of some inexperience on defense that I feel like is hurting this team. Um, Usually a pretty well-coached defense. I think we still are. I just think there's young guys that are getting their eyes in the wrong spot. Um, I do think, I've said this before, I stand by it. I think the defense is one of our more athletic defenses we've had. It's just, especially at the linebacker level, level, a lot of new starters and guys that um, we weren't expecting to have to play yet, but due to injuries are. So, Little worried, especially against Michigan coming out here trying to just, you know, basically pound everybody into submission. Um, wish we had our starting guys out there. Maybe they'll be back. I'm not holding in my breath for that though. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'll I'll admit I'm a little disappointed. Um, you know, you do play a great, you know, North Carolina team on the road and, you know, to lose that game, you know, some would say it's expected, but to lose in the way that they did, I was a little disappointed. I kind of wanted, like, you know, a nice toe-to-toe kind of game, but it just seemed like when they were on offense, they kind of dominated, and it was a little surprising to see that at a usually disciplined defense from the Gophers that, like Kurt said, has been well-coached and really doesn't give up big plays. But it seems like since that game, the North Carolina game, it opened the floodgates on big plays that have been being made on the defense. And it's really uncharacteristic of this Joe Rossi defense that 
we've seen over the past few years. Um, I think that, you know, it's like Kurt said, there's, there's a lot of young guys, there's room for improvement. I don't think it's, you know, it's over. I don't think the season's in jeopardy. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the adjustments that'll be made. Um, offensively, I, I do like Ethan. He's been improving. I, I do hope that they kind of give him more reps throwing the ball. As you all know, you know, Minnesota prides itself on pounding the football, just, you know, 30, 40 carries a game in their running backs. But for a young quarterback like Ethan, we'd like to see him get reps in just so that, you know, when you play big teams like Michigan, or like your rivals like Iowa, Wisconsin, you're going to have to throw the ball and be successful in the air as, as well as running the ball. And the only way to get better is by actually, you know, throwing the ball. So um, I think that we're trending in the right direction, um, but we'll just have to wait and see how these next few games play out. Yeah, for me, it's it seems like the, you know, so far this season, we had a lot of questions coming in, just a lot of new faces. And we were so used to seeing Tanner Morgan and Mo Ibrahim for the last, what feels like 28 years um so we had a lot you know we really didn't know what to expect from this offense and a lot of turnover on the defense too but yeah so far this year it feels like it's a little bit of an identity crisis for the Gophers because we're so used to just run heavy bend but don't break defense you come out you know the first game Ethan throws the ball 40 times plus against Nebraska our offense doesn't do well but the defense plays great same with Eastern Michigan we kind of play conservative great defense North Carolina we couldn't do anything and then after that, it was like, you know, the Northwestern game happens. The defense looks terrible. The offense can't, you know, they look good in the first half and then we kind of shut it down. And then the last game, offense picks it up. You know, we don't, we lose Darius Taylor, our top back right now, it looks like. Um, and the defense still looks a little bit leaky, just some chunk plays. So for me, I don't know what, you know, the first few games, it was, okay, our offense is going to be what it is and the defense is going to be the strength. And now I feel like I don't even know what the strength of the team is. I think there's a lot of potential around the field, but. Yeah, to me, it's. I feel like every game's going to be different from here on out because it seems like there's just inconsistency, but a lot of potential. So I'm, I'm still optimistic for the rest of the year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, let's uh, let's take a look ahead then. Let's look at ahead to this upcoming weekend. So uh, we, Jason, Dre, obviously, we're looking to uh, to move to six and zero and and hopefully to do so pretty comfortably. Um, uh, just so you guys know, the three of us are actually going to be there this weekend so um we'll be we'll be in uh around town before the game um we'll be in the stadium so uh if you guys want to meet up uh rag on us um poke some fun at us you know we'll we'll be around to to do it but um let's look ahead at, at some of these matchups so uh let's start with when minnesota has the ball um, when when you guys have the ball, what what are your expectations? What do you expect to see out of the Minnesota offense uh, against the Michigan defense? And uh, if there's any key matchups that you're looking to um, to try and take advantage of, or that you're excited about, what are those key matchups? Oh, <laughs> well, given that Michigan's defense or hasn't given up, you know, more than seven points all year in a single game, I don't know if I'm excited to see any matchup. I don't know if excited's the word. Uh, I guess I'm curious to see how the O-line holds up because, you know, week one was kind of a struggle bus for them as they had three new starters, so didn't really have the chemistry down. I think since that game, though, they've been the strength of the offense. So I'm that would be what I'm looking for the most is can they allow us to run the ball as much as PJ is going to want to run the ball? Michigan's defense has been phenomenal so it's gonna be probably the toughest defense they play all year so uh that's that's what i'm gonna be watching for because if we want any chance of winning we're gonna have to squeak out 
you know, some four or five yard runs just to keep the chains moving, keep the offense on the field here and there. So that would be the matchup that I'm looking to the most. And I would, I would second that. I think that against a team like Michigan, you have to stick to your bread and butter and what you're good at. And that's running the football. Um, also, you know, sometimes I disagree with this, you know, PJ is very conservative, but I think offensively you have to hold on to the football. I think you have to just keep time of possession in your favor and just hold on to the ball and just try and score points and prevent them from getting the ball. So I just think that if they stay disciplined, don't turn the ball over, run effectively, stay strong up front, you know, that's the best way to combat this this defense. I don't think that throwing the football will be as effective. I don't think that, you know, there are some athletes that surround Ethan, but, you know, against this solid defense, I don't know if we have the experience and the reps to get in to, to make big plays, especially maybe you can get some slants in or some quick outs, but I'm not expecting any big time. Yeah. For me from last game, uh, with there is Taylor out. We did finally get to see Zach Evans, a young running back. We were pretty excited about coming into the year and we haven't, we hadn't seen him really at all until last game. Uh, so for me, I'm, I'm hoping we see, you know, we kind of spread the ball around between the different three, even maybe possibly four running backs if Darius Taylor is back. Because, um, you know, it feels like we sometimes just slam the same running back into the offensive line, into the in the defensive front over and over and over again. And we're just not going to be able to do that successfully or efficiently against a Michigan defense that's been, you know, essentially one of the probably the best defense potentially in the country. Um, so if we can utilize each running back because, you know, Darius Taylor can kind of do it all. Bryce Williams is kind of the big power back. Sean Tyler is the smaller outside running back, receiving type running back. Um, and Zach Evans is kind of in between there too. So if we can use those four backs to our advantage to kind of, you know, make the offense look different depending on who's on the field and spreading it out to our different receivers too. Um, you know, utilizing Daniel Jackson and Corey Crooms in different ways that they can, you know, play to their own strengths uh, instead of just, you know, making it look like the same offense over and over and over again that Michigan would have no problem stopping. Um, so it's really just if we can figure out what works and kind of stick to that and get creative, I think that's really our only shot. Yeah. Do, do you guys expect to to see um, the offense throw in some wrinkles knowing that uh, in all likelihood that they're probably they're probably coming to the game knowing that they're all outmatched? Do you think that you're going to see some like flea flicker like uh, type shot plays that that they throw at us? Or, or do you think that they're going to come in with the, the conservative approach and and try to slow the game down, uh, reduce the number of drives, let the, the new clock rules come into effect and hope that that keeps the game close and that a couple big plays here or there might turn it into a ball game. Yeah. Option two all the way. I, I would personally, I would come out opposite. I would just like, why hold anything back? Just come out and throw everything you can at them. But, um, you know, and that's not to say like, don't come out, go air raid. That would be stupid. Like we're best at running the football, but I've seen PJ for seven years now. I don't know if, have we ran a trick play? Nebraska, we ran an end around. That's as trick play as I've seen of <laughs> PJ get. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it. still be intense, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, that's about it. So, uh, no, the answer is no. I don't, I don't think you'll see anything crazy out of us. I'd love first play running a hook and ladder, but no, <laughs> unfortunately not. I've seen enough. Awesome. Uh, Dre, we'll, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you expect to see out of the Michigan defense in, in this matchup when uh, Minnesota's got the ball? Dre, you on? Jason, we'll, we'll turn it over to, to you. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't hear you. Oh, gotcha. Uh, what do you expect to see, Dre, when Michigan's on defense, when Minnesota has the ball? What do you expect to see out of Michigan's defense this week? 
Um, like like the guy said, they they are a running team, so I expect them to come out um running. They have the number one running back in the Big Ten in um Darius uh, Taylor. He has uh 87 rushes for 532 <clears throat> yards and four touchdowns. He averaged 6.1 yards. Um, so I, I think they they gonna try to use him a lot. Um, in trick ways. Actually, I, I don't I think they I don't think they're gonna run it straight up the middle. I think they're gonna try to get around and use uh him in other ways than what they have been using. So that's what I expect to see. Gotcha, Jason. What about you? I so I think you're playing this Michigan defense. So they're playing this Michigan defense, and I think I think Minnesota is actually going to come out throwing. I think they're going to come out throwing to open up the run game a little bit as well too. Now they're we talked about their bread and butter is the run game. I with Michigan's defensive front, I just don't see it. Like I don't see the same score as we did with Nebraska, but. I think we're going to be able to hold their rushing team, which Nebraska with their quarterback and their leading rusher led the big 10 last week. And we completely put a halt to that, completely put a halt to that. So I think we're going to see a similar game. I'm not saying the score is going to be the same. I'm just saying which, what type of offense we're actually going to see. But I think Minnesota is going to come out throwing the ball a little bit. I think they're going to throw it up the middle as well too. screen plays of their halfbacks and then short tosses their tight ends as well. But with Michigan's front uh, defensive line and their linebacker core, I just don't think Minnesota's going to establish much of a running game, which is what they're comfortable. If I could throw a question out to you three, yeah, you know, just, I mean, just I didn't from say an outside perspective, it. I just think they're going they're going to uh, start with it. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll try it. Yeah, um, I agree. Question ahead, for you guys, just no, that's okay. From outside perspective, you know, we hear a lot about just the entire Michigan defense as a whole. Um, you know, I, and my message to you guys, I wasn't a shot, but I referenced like a no star defense just because I don't hear a lot of individual names brought up when this defense is referenced. If you had to go with like one or two guys who are like, not that you're declaring an MVP at this point, but like most valuable to your, to your defense right now, who, who would those guys be and what position are they at? Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start with that. So, um, it's funny that you say that because, uh, Michigan actually talks about their defense, the players, the coaching staff refers to their defense as a no star defense. Uh, that's been kind of the, the mentality that they took on after they had, uh, David Ojabo and, and Aiden Hutchinson, um, uh, where they, they had, what was it? A a star studded defense and they moved on. And the question was, well, who's going to step in to replace them? Uh, and they really embodied the the concept of no star defense. We'll do it together. Um, so, so that's a great question because it is really a a great team defense where there's you know not not one specific guy that stands out. There's been a lot of guys that have been held out of games because they've been hurt. Um, but one of those guys is who I'm actually going to point to as as probably one of the. Uh, the key pieces to if if we do make a national championship run to making a national championship run. And that's Will Johnson. Um, so he hasn't played a ton so far this year because he had some injuries coming out of camp, but he's a guy that I think is, uh, has the ability to lock down Ohio state receivers. He's the guy that I see as a future first round draft pick uh, in the NFL. He's only a sophomore this year. So we still got him for this year and next year at least. But I think that, Healthy Will Johnson is for sure a a key piece of uh, becoming the star in an O-star defense. 
And the second guy that I'm going to point to is Chris Jenkins. Um, our defensive line has has really shut down every run game um, that has uh, come our way. And Nebraska was uh, supposed to be the uh, the leading rushing team um, coming into last week, and we really completely shut their offense down. And a big part of that is what our interior defensive line does. And and Chris Jenkins is the the leader there. He's um, he, he's a freak when it comes to how physically strong and athletic he is. And um, in addition to being able to just completely wreck an interior offensive line, um, he's actually a really good pass rusher too. He, he can really uh, change the line of scrimmage on passing downs to, to put um, a center or guard in the quarterback's lap. So those are the two guys that I look to as kind of the stars of, or stars so far or throughout the course of the year, the, the two guys that I really expect to be the, the stars and anchors of that defense. Yeah, I think, Jason, what about you? Yeah, so I think when you mentioned zero-star defense, I think that's the culture that we build. That's our coaching staff, and that's just the player mentality right now. Um, we've heard some players, so A.J. Varner transferred from Indiana. We've heard him talk about that, too. Like, he wants to win games. It's not they, None of these guys on this team, and I'm just talking Michigan here, right? None of these guys on this team care about individual stats. None of them. They care about the team and the end goal of winning a national championship and beating our biggest rivals as well, too. Getting to that end goal. Um, I think the most valuable players for me on our and our defense is is definitely, and I agree with everything that Derek said and what Dre's about to say too. But uh, Mike Sanistro, um, absolute beast, converted wide receiver from last year. He looks like he's been in that role forever, which I believe he played defensive back in high school, a little defensive back in high school as well too. But he is just an absolute stud, a leader on defense. I don't know if you guys saw that interception that he had against Nebraska too. Like Rutgers, I didn't even realize he picked that ball off until the. Yeah, Rutgers week. I didn't even realize he picked that ball off until he made it to the 50-yard line. Like, he's just an absolute athlete. Uh, can play offense and defense, um, which I wish we'd kind of utilize him a little bit on some trick plays on offense. But who knows? We might see that this weekend. Wink, wink. But um, but I, I think he's got to stay healthy for us, and we need him on defense. He is a, a key player. Um, and then I'm also going to go – I'm also gonna go uh, Chris Jenkins. I, I gotta, I gotta say the same player as Derek McCarty. I think there's Junior Colson's another guy to name too, but uh, for a linebacker. But Chris Jenkins, he led our team last year on that defensive line. So a lot of people think of Mozzie Smith, but he led that defensive line in tackles last year. Could have went to the draft, uh, came back. So those who stay, right? Um, he's a leader on our defense. He needs to stay healthy. Um, we need him to stop the run, and he's shown it last year, and he's showing it this. There's a lot more players I want to mention right now, but you're giving us two. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna yeah. stick with that. Dre, what do you got? <laughs> I I'm a I'm a I'm a piggyback off y'all and I'm gonna take Kenneth Grant, our defensive tackle. Um he's been wrecking the inside and stopping the plug in the run. He's gonna have to play a big part this week against you guys. And my second pick is the linebacker, um, Ernest Hausman. Our transfer that came in, I mean, he has been really, really great at the linebacker position uh, opposite of Junior Carlson. So those are my two guys. Um, I think they're going to – those two guys especially are going to have to play a, a big role this weekend in the passing game and the running game. So 
those are my two guys. And and you know, speaking of Kenneth Grant, um, mm-hmm. so so that dude was he, he is a very 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 massive human being. Um, he was a massive human being uh, coming out of high school, and he's another one of those players on defense that's a sophomore. But if you want to see a massive human being be an athlete. Uh, number one, go look at his interception last week against uh, Nebraska. Uh, love Who blocked that ball, Brigham. though? Who batted that ball up, Derek? Uh, Braden McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. McGregor. Um, He's coming too. And go back the week before and watch on Mikey St. Rastill's interception. Um, watch big Kenneth Grant sprinting downfield lead blocking for him. Uh, that That's a good call, Dre. That that guy, I'm, I'm jacked. It is hard to come up with two guys. <laughs> Dude, that that was that quarter Rutgers quarterback's last yeah, rush. He got yeah, put in the dirt. Like he's still probably there in the field right now. Grant was running with Sanistrill and just threw him like a ragdoll. It was insane. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want to laugh. I don't want to see a player get injured. But I'm not gonna lie. I chuckled. It was a couple chuckles. It was crazy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But let let's segue that over to you guys. So, uh, um, you know, Michigan's offense. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's been. Uh, necessarily sexy by some standards of uh, fans of college football uh, looking for the big highlight plays, uh, but uh, one of the most efficient offenses in in all of college football. And um, Joel Klatt described it best this past week that that Michigan's a, a boa constrictor. Um, mm-hmm. Right, it's not going to be flashy, but they're just going to tighten up and tighten up and tighten up and tighten up until you can't really move anymore. Um, so. What do you expect out of your defense uh, this week when Michigan has the ball? Missed tackles. <laughs> that's, a, that's what we had. That's what we had last week. Um, like it, it's going to sound, and I'm not being, you know, some golfer fans don't like it when you take actual constructive criticism about your team. But I'm just being honest here. I'm, it sounds dumb, but I'm honestly more worried about our defense this week than I'm in our, our offense, just because. Like I said, I mean, the linebackers are so inexperienced. We were all counting on this big year for Cody Lindenberg, who's a big, fast, athletic guy. And he was going to be his first year taking over the start in the middle. He hasn't played it down yet. Um, got injured right before the Nebraska game. It was just, They didn't say a timetable, but they said, you know, nothing serious. Well, we're like halfway through the season almost, and he still hasn't played a snap. So we're relying on a retro freshman and retro sophomore who both really haven't played actual defensive snaps until this year. Um, they've been pretty good against the run, but then it's just, you know, their pass coverage been brutal, um, which has then caused issues with the secondary because Tyler Newbin is a stud. Uh, he gets to kind of roam at times, but I feel like with some of the shortcomings happening elsewhere, he's maybe trying to do a little bit too much, um, and kind of maybe forcing stuff that's not there or trying to jump stuff that's not there. And it's just creating more problems. So assuming they can come out, and fill the right gap, like, you know, they're not dumb. I just think they get lost. They're young. They're not used to seeing everything. They've been tackling pretty well for the most part. So um, that that's my biggest concern, I guess, is just the linebackers going into this game. Um, D-line's been a pleasant surprise. I really don't think they've had many issues, uh, except what is going to come into play this week again is containing the quarterback. Um, they've been getting pressure, but – like they don't stay in their lanes and like i mean we let ben bryant from northwestern scramble out and extend plays on us it's like well if that guy's gonna extend plays on you there's not many quarterbacks you're gonna face that aren't gonna be able to extend plays on you so um yeah i it comes down to fundamentals because like i said i 
I think this defense could be really good. And it's got some strong players in the secondary, but the secondary is also struggling right now just because of other things going on. But yeah. so that's that's my, I guess, yeah. doom lookout. But I, that's just how I see it right now. <laughs> I, I like how you started your response. So that's <laughs> No. Yeah, these tackles. Uh, it's 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 true though. You know, last week, you know, the Gophers are playing the Raging Cajuns, which is a good team. But as a Big Ten opponent, you know, you'd think that you'd kind of be a little more clean throughout the game. And I think that the first half last week, you know, frankly, was a, a little egregious, um, especially defensively. Like Kurt said, you know, defense has been struggling containing the quarterback, and it's like. We're not really filling the passing lanes. Like those assignments aren't being completed, and that's honestly hurt. Um, you know, our linebackers were missing tackle. You know, last game in the first half, um, you just can't do that, especially in Big Ten plays, because they're going to punish you for that. You know, they'll go for you know an extra ten yards or even a touchdown if you keep missing tackles. So you know, just like Kurt said, those fundamental things, which again is uncharacteristic of this Joe Rossi, you know, that just needs to be cleaned up. Um, Secondary wise, you know, I was coming in with kind of a positive outlook in the secondary, but I'm pretty disappointed with them too, especially from Tyler Newbin, who's an all-American safety. It seems like the past couple of games, he's kind of lost rhythm. Um, He definitely is still, you know, a top guy. He can get things done, but it's almost as if, to me, it seems like Joe Rossi is implementing something in this defense that's complex for his team or something because they just don't seem like they're, you know, able to, you know, conduct whatever they're, you know, whether that's filling gaps, protection, whatever it is, it just seems like something's a little off. Um, in the second half, it was much better. I thought we contained quarterback last week um, a lot better. I'm impressed with Jack Henderson. He's a nickelback. He's a transfer from Southeastern. Um, You know, I think he's a great player and he's really stepped up, especially when Tyler Newbin hasn't. So, you know, I just, you know, this Michigan game, it's going to be back to fundamentals, just like Kurt said, you know, just make tackles, do your job, fill in the gaps. And then hopefully, you know, you can just limit the big plays and, and hopefully, you know, on third downs, complete the down, get it to fourth down so they can punt the ball away. That's a big thing, too. And as long as they can stay disciplined, maybe they have a chance at keeping the game a little. Yeah, defensively, you know, a lot of times you hear about, you know, big time offensive matchups, your, you know, game will turn to a track meet. And if you're going to play a team like a USC or, you know, the cliche of like, well, can the offense keep pace or can the offense keep up? For this game, it feels like, can our defense keep pace with the Michigan defense and <laughs> just getting stops? Because it feels like it's going to, you know, it's either going to be, you know, good versus good, just run defense versus run offense. But if our defense continues to give up those big chunk plays or not contain the quarterback, then we don't stand a chance because it doesn't matter how well you can stop the run if you can just pick up 10 yards through the air or 10, 12 yards through a quarterback scramble because we only bring three on third and long. Things like that just drive us crazy. And it's, I mean, the, the positive I would take away from this defense and Kurt, you alluded to it. It is something new that, you know, we haven't really had in a long time in the defensive front. It's just the size and the depth that everyone can step up. You know, it's kind of a, everyone's fresh and it is nice to have that, you know, consistent run front every single play. But when we get into those third and long passing situations, we bring three, no stunts, no blitz, give the quarterback all day to throw because we're not getting home. We're not containing and it just doesn't work. So 
yeah, hopefully we can, you know, like I said, keep pace defensively, which doesn't make any sense, I know, but that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Uh, what do you think the secret ingredient would be for, for your defense to um, to slow down the Michigan offense? Now, uh, keep in mind, Michigan offense is relatively slow at the their pace of play. Um, you know, they're 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 completely content with three to four possessions a half uh-huh. and and mm-hmm. scoring anywhere between 17 to 28 points out of those three to four possessions that they're they're happy with that because they know that their defense probably is given up three to seven. Um, but what do you think the secret ingredient is to uh, shorten up those possessions, force Michigan punts, not not allow them to get on the scoreboard? I would still key it on sound run defense, and I'm not like not taking shots at JJ at all. He's a terrific quarterback, but I just think your best bet to win the game is to just make him consistently hit guys uh, down the field on you. Um, you know, he's showing the ability to do that. I just, I as a Gopher fan, I'd rather take my chances doing that than let Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards just gash you to death and just the slow. Like, I want to go out swinging. I don't want the slow, suffocating death. I don't care if we lose by 40, but if long as we, like, blitzing after them and going after them, that's how I want to go down. Um, and, yeah, I think the run defense has been solid at times. So just staying in your run fits and stuff like that and then just, you know, maybe maybe double Ro- – uh, is it Roman Wilson? Is it- yeah. Yeah. Maybe giving yeah. some help on that guy, but we've had we've had a lot of guys running free in the secondary the past two games, so <laughs> we'll see. Might as well bring pressure then if you're not going to cover them. That's hopefully yeah. you make a man miss. So yeah, you know I Jay, like Kurt said, JJ McCarthy is a great quarterback, but I think a good way to hopefully kind of stir things up is maybe hopefully getting some turnovers. Um, you know, I saw in the Bowling Green game against, you know, Michigan Bowling Green, JJ throws three interceptions, you know. So, and obviously, second game of the year, you kind of iron out the wrinkles there. I get it. Things happen. A um, little more disciplined and, you know, on point, you know, as the season goes on. But maybe kind of cause some disruption, make them, you know, go deep, maybe get some interceptions. So, again, we can just, you know, maintain possession of the ball, just prevent them from getting the ball on offense and hopefully scoring some points when the Gophers are on offense. So controlling the turnover battle, you know, being disciplined, like Kurt said, passing lanes and uh, containing the quarterback and just making tackles. Yeah. When we're on defense, I mean, we kind of, you kind of have to play perfect. I mean, this really, it sounds simple, but it's gotta be mistake free. It's gotta be smart. Um, and we got to understand it. You guys are going to make plays. The guy in front of you, it's that easy. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) doesn't matter how many NFL guys you got. Just just stop them, right? It's that easy. Um, Potentially 15 to 20 draft picks, yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just every game so far, the defensive defensive letdowns, other than playing Drake May, obviously, have been, you know, we've just shot ourselves in the foot. Like you said, not containing, you know, everything we've done has kind of been to our detriment. So, Obviously, it's got to be perfect defense, but on top of that, to even have a chance, to me, it's it's the special teams, too. I mean, we've got to do well pinning you guys deep. Um, you know, our offense is, you know, any turnover our offense gets is just giving you guys points. Like, yeah. Don't get us going on special teams. Spencer's <laughs> over here just shaking his head like... Don't. I, I mean, it's, uh... it's been a problem since PJ has gotten to the to the University of Minnesota. It has been a problem. Everyone has talked about it. And it's not gotten better. It has not gotten better. And it's really irritating because, like Max is saying, you know, you want to pin, at least make Michigan go, 
90 yards, right? Make them earn a touchdown or three points, whatever it is. But when you can't do that, or when on the flip side, when you're punting and a returner is not competent and will pin himself within the 10 because he doesn't let the ball roll into the end zone or he tries to go for a ball and trips himself up and run out of bounds. It just he caught a ball. He caught a kickoff to... and went out at the four last week against the Asian Cajun. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, what are yeah. you doing? And that's a on penalty. A, a and kickoff. you start at the thirty-five yard line. Just it's like catch it and take it at the twenty-five. Yeah. I don't want to rip on an individual player too much, but it's like he was this walk-on receiver and gained PJ's trust, and now he's done nothing but kind of just been a liability. Yeah. But he's the only guy we stick back there. It's like PJ talks <laughs> about how we have like the most explosive guys in his tenure here, and we just don't put him out on special teams to return the football. I'm like, great, this makes no sense. Sean Tyler. Alabama concept, the best players should be returning kicks. Well, Tyler Newbin's on kickoff. I don't get why we can't have Sean Tyler returning kicks. I don't don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And I don't want to rant too Mm -hmm. much on this, but like Sean Tyler, speaking of him, Eastern Michigan, he fumbles the ball twice. He's essentially benched for two games. We don't see him really play. He makes blunders. PJ's like, nope, you got to learn from your mistakes. This guy has made some bad blunders on special, just Quentin Redding. And like Kurt said, he's a walk-on. You root for the guy. You want to see him succeed. But he does makes two critical mistakes on special teams, but he doesn't get benched. I don't know what the formula is with PJ. I don't get it. I, I really don't understand it. But you're, you're seven just... and you're using a walk on receivers, you're a tournament. I I just don't understand. Like he's <laughs> well, not Well PJ said he's well coached and he's likable. So And he said he's got his trust. <laughs> I don't know how you lose PJ's trust at this point because it's impossible for yeah for number eighty one back there. Yeah. This is the same kid on punt coverage against Northwestern when we punted from Northwestern thirty seven that <laughs> Went he to down the, the ball at the, the end goal zone. line and down it in the end zone. Yeah, he just watched <laughs> it some, roll to him in the end zone. I got Sorry, we went off on guys. that. <laughs> Go for no, special that's, teams. That's Not all good. good. That's good content. Like, I, I got some news for you guys. I think we're going to be able to help you out. Oh, you're all good. <laughs> yeah. If it could really be a zero on special teams, we just yeah. agree to give each other <laughs> the ball zero. at, like, the 25, yeah. I would take that right now because it's been yeah. bad. Yeah, that's uh, uh, been the approach that a couple teams have taken is uh, doing some weird stuff to us on special teams. And uh, against Bowling Green, it led to a turnover. Um, almost, but, almost twice. Almost twice. Almost two. Almost two. But let's, let's uh, flip to, to yeah. uh, what yeah. to look for uh, with, with Michigan um, having the ball. So, you know, you guys are talking about uh, trying to take away the run game and, and force J.J., to to win the game throwing the ball and um you know a, a couple of highlights from Michigan's offense this year is Blake Corum uh leads college football in rushing touchdowns Roman Wilson leads college football in receiving touchdowns and uh JJ McCarthy actually very quietly has the best QBR in college football right now uh and that includes an absolute horrible game uh that he had against Bowling Green because he has been borderline perfect uh in the other four games um with that so uh that being said dre uh let's let's start with you um what do you expect to see this week out of michigan's offense uh, i expect to see um jj with a clean pocket i think our run game 
now that our offensive line is starting to gel and it's two games that's been going good for us, I think we, this is where we take off. This is the week we take off and we have a big running game. I think J.J. gets Roman a couple more pass touchdowns, but I think this is going to be all about our running game this week with our offensive line. Jim um, is back, so our identity is running. So I think he establishes that more. No doubt that we're going to pass, but I think it's going to be more of a run game. And I think Blake, uh, Mullins, and, and Edward goes off this. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Yeah, every, pretty much everything that Dre said. I mean, we have seen a lot more passing this year. I mean, everyone's, for now, has heard about Coram and Edwards running the ball down opponents' throats. So, um, you know, especially the first four games, defensive, our opponents on defense have been stacking the box. i got to give credit to the offensive line. That's a game changer. We're pretty much 10 deep right there, eight to 10 deep guys. And JJ had all the time in the world last week. He could pretty much do whatever he wants with it. And a lot of people, I mean, they don't, I don't think they talk about it enough, but we got a mobile quarterback. He scored a rushing town, rushing touchdown last, last week. He can run the ball. So I think we're going to see another game again. Um, you know, so want to give credit to Minnesota's defense. I still don't think they're, they're that bad as what Nebraska is. Nebraska is, even though they came in with like the number one Russian defense as well too. But I think we're going to be able to do what we want here. And Dre alluded to uh, opening up the rushing game. And I think we're going to see that a lot too with our offensive line gelling together, especially from, from last week. I think Roman Wilson has caused a lot of attention to himself for, for very, very good reasons. That crazy catch behind the helmet with the Nebraska defender. Um, and that's going to leave the door open to some of those younger guys too. So Tyler, Tyler Morris, Darius Clemens, and then Colson Loveland and AJ Barner um, as well too. So um, it all starts with our offensive line and they have been playing tremendous, especially last week, giving JJ some, some time to throw the ball. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I would not be completely Shout out surprised. Bro, Zach Zenner. Absolutely. Zach Zenner has a lot of sack, has been a lot of QB pressure. That's our boy. Thanks for representing us. But, I mean, he's been playing outstanding. Got a shout-out from one of the announcers, too, last week, too, just pushing guys in the end zone on the goal line. He's just an absolute, absolute. Yeah. Um, you know, I, one thing I wouldn't be surprised to see this week is um, I, I wouldn't be super surprised to see a slow start by Michigan's offense. Uh, so everyone that Michigan – so we got to remember, like, if, if we just play this game on paper, yeah, Miss, Michigan has Minnesota outmatched. But this is – for Minnesota's schedule right now at this point, this is their shot at the big dog. So, so they're going to come in at home um, under the lights that they're, they're going to be ready to go. You, you know, PJ Flack is, you know, re- regardless of, of how game. you feel, yes, sir. Yeah, regardless of how you feel about him, you know, he's going to be amped up running up and down the sideline. You know that he's, he's going to have energy on the sideline. So night games are difficult to play on the road. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about 18 to 21 year old kids for the most part right now. And, um, they have game day routines that they're used to. And when you have to to go and wait all day long on a Saturday uh, yeah. to play a game at night on the road at a hotel, just kind of hang around, have a couple meals throughout the course of the day with the team. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be completely surprised um, if there's a little and bit I, of I don't, I can't in. speak. I can't speak for Minnesota players, but I, I have talked to a lot of the Michigan players and they don't like night games. They don't like sitting around, like you said, sitting around yeah. doing that. They'd rather um, get it over with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I said, I can't speak for the Minnesota players, but a lot of the Michigan players do not like it. Yeah. And, and one thing that I'll point to this year, uh, one thing that I've been really impressed with since Jim Harbaugh came back is uh, Sharon Moore and um, 
that the way that he's been running this ends. It, it's been, you know, um, I'm, I, I think maybe it's Isaiah Hole that that coined this phrase, but death by a thousand paper cuts is is kind of the you know the Michigan offense where it's just five yards, four yards, third and one, three yards for a first down, five more oh, yards, no. six yards. You know, that that's kind of the Michigan offense, and then maybe a chunk play here and there. Um, and, and I think that that's what they're going to come into this game. I, I don't think they're going to go away from what their identity is. They're, um, they're going to have multiple tight ends on the field. They're, they're going to be running the football. Um, they're they're going to try and control the clock. They're going to try and um, control the line of scrimmage on, on both sides of the ball. Um, they're they're going to throw strategically uh, to, to, to beat the defense, to, to try and get maybe Cornelius Johnson or Roman Wilson in space a little bit, uh, Colston Loveland in space. Um, throw to, to keep them off balance and uh, throw high percentage routes uh, that that keep drives being efficient. That That's what I think we're going to see. Uh, I just wouldn't be completely surprised if uh, it's a slow start in the first quarter or two. Um, and then second half, that's where that's where Michigan's body shots really tend to add up is when that defensive line is, is getting hit by those linemen and those tight ends um, for the third straight quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- yeah. Do you guys want to go into score predictions? Because I guess the questions I've left for you guys are just just some thoughts on your guys' thoughts on Michigan football, kind of more long term for the season. But if you wanted to, yeah. we could get into score predictions now if you guys were ready. Sure. For you got yeah, for us. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I would love to see the Gophers come out swinging. Um, I think they'll still try and, and uh, probably try a little bit too long to establish the run. So I think that'll slow us down. Um, like I said, Michigan's defense hasn't given up more than seven points this this season, so maybe this is the bold prediction. I have I have Michigan. You guys alluded to it. I have a pretty similar game to last week going. I have I have thirty nine to thirteen in this one. Um, just not. I don't think this is the right spot to catch you guys. That sounds obvious, but like the, the defense has too much stuff they're trying to figure out. Just let a, like assignment wise to even come up and try and shock the world this time. I think so. Um, I don't feel like it's the week to do it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they let Ethan throw close to 30 times. I'd be doesn't usually happen though. So yeah, that's my score. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. I I, w- I would agree though. If PJ comes out like fired up and the team does, I think that they can hang in there. Um, but it's gonna be really difficult. And I've not been very impressed with defense um, as of late. So I'm going to go with Michigan winning 34 to 10. Yeah, we got a pretty similar score. I, I hope we can come out early and maybe score a quick touchdown on the first drive. Um, yeah, I think we you, you kind of alluded to it before, whether or not we're going to you know try any trick plays. I, I hope the offense can sort of use tempo to their advantage to kind of lull the defense to sleep and then maybe run up to the line quick and, and throw a deep ball or do some sort of quick play. But um, I've got us at 34 to 14 losing. Um, I think Michigan, every game, look at every score. It's like a formula. It's like 34 to six, 35 to seven, every single game. Um, I'm hoping the lesser opponents that Michigan's played so far is maybe where we can come out and, you know, surprise them a little bit, but I, I doubt, you know, we're not going to be anything too crazy that Michigan isn't ready for. So, um, I, you know, the gopher fan in me wants us to keep it close, but I think by the end, you know, we just we can't keep up with this with both sides of the ball. And the the big reasons before I turn over to you guys, it just Darius Taylor's banged up. I hope he plays. We have no idea if he's going to play. Yeah. And still, yeah. still no Cody Lindenberg, who, like I said, he is he was the dude at linebacker. So not having him this year. Uh, those are two killers. This 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 uh, this matchup. 
Yeah, and, and I think I'm on the same page as you guys. Uh, like you were saying, Max, it's, it's almost like there's a formula for, for Michigan football games. Um, and um, I, I think it'll be 35-10. That's exactly what I'm predicting is 35-10. to 10. I think we give up the most points this year. It's a, it's a night game. Um, might come out a, maybe a little bit sloppy offensively because of that, but um, I'm thinking a prediction of 35-10 to 10, Michigan. Well, boys, y'all know me. I go with the wild, wild predictions. But this week, I'm going to hold us down. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Minnesota scores more than three points, and we beat them 42 to three. So I wish I could say part. that's impossible. The Michigan penalty. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not un, It's not unreasonable by any means. I would not <laughs> be surprised. Two years ago, Big Ten Championship game, 42-3. to yeah. Iowa. that's Trey's prediction. I, I love that. 42 and, and, and you know what? Like you, like you guys were talking about, right? So even if Michigan's offense does start slow, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan's defense gets a couple takeaways, a couple short, short fields um, in the first half to compensate for, for the offense. Um, I just I, I can't help but remember a couple years ago when they played when uh, Mike Barrett um, uh, hit your quarterback and the the ball popped yeah, up in the air. Yeah, it was rough. It uh, was in 2020 which, which, at Minnesota, I believe. Oh, the COVID year. Yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. COVID year. Show. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't count that year here. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't count that year either. We count some games. You count you count the jumps and then and then you leave. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But yeah, that was a. That was a brutal yeah. hit. It's a brutal hit. Yeah, that was a rough. Little I thought Joe Milton night. was going to win the Heisman that year. Then later rough. he got benched. <laughs> we made him look yeah. amazing. Yeah. Hey, to be like, honest, us as Michigan fans thought Joe Heisman was about to be that guy. <laughs> but he didn't work out for us. Yeah. You know, it's it's it funny you mentioned that year. because good in Tennessee, though. Because Cody Lindenberg started that game as a true freshman, and he had about two practices under his belt because they didn't know yeah. what if the game was going to happen or not, and he just got thrown out there, and it was man, it was thrown out there. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, year was sure. crazy. Just uh, just a couple long term projections since Michigan's been in the college football playoff the last two years and uh, has hopes to to go back, obviously again. Does it worry you? Kind of two and one. Do you think against like Georgia? who can probably at times, if they want to shut down the run, like dedicate more people to the box, they probably can because they're that good. Is J.J. good enough to get it done? And two, do you worry that your offense is very efficient now, but a lot of teams tend to talk about big plays and how, you know, the more big plays you have, the less efficient you have to be and the harder, you know, it's harder to be so efficient consistently down the field. That's why big plays are important because you take out that room for air, so to speak, of, you know, the next drive from – going in from the 12 or whatever so does the lack of big plays probably not at this point but is that a concern going forward and is jj good enough to go basically do what cj stroud did to them i'll I'll start i think i think jj is way more good enough especially with an offseason a full offseason the starters and the reps that he got and as far as big plays um they come and go i don't think we need them as much um, I think they're flashy and come get chunk yards quicker. But um, if we dinking and dunking for 15 and 13 and 8, it's still the same thing in my opinion. So I don't think it hurts us. I mean, what, I mean, do I do all of us Michigan fans wish it happens? Oh, yes. You know, I wish we was throwing the ball up and down the field. But 
it's not our it's not who we are yeah so i'll, I'll um touch on both those things too um so when it comes to uh big plays and the outlook of the, um I, I think there's games where big plays are going to be important like you look at the ohio state game last year and and that game we exploded for a ton of big plays against them and uh and and that was huge um but i think that i like yeah, run, runs and passes. It was both. And and yeah, if you look you know at Michigan's big plays the last couple of years, a lot of them have actually been in the run game. And 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 there's a lot of times where where we're that close, where uh, you know Blake is getting tripped up by an arm an arm coming across his ankle. Um, and Donovan is if he just broke the one tackle, he's he's got open field. Um, and that might be just some of the extra attention that's put on the running game. Uh, that that teams are a little more conscious of their run fits uh, and and more conscious of the the blocking schemes that Michigan's bringing at them, um, but but I think I, I like living by death by a million paper cuts and and having big play potential to pop out of that uh, because Roman Wilson's got four three speed, Donovan Edwards can take it to the house any play. JJ McCarthy himself has four four speed um, r- running from the quarterback position. Cornelius Johnson can be a big play threat. Uh, Darius Clemens. Um, he has been battling through some injuries early in the season. He just started to uh, to make his way back on the field against Nebraska. So I think that the big play threat is there. Um, it, uh, but but that's not their identity. Their identity is we're gonna we're gonna beat the crap out of you, and some big plays might happen at the same time. Uh, when it comes to JJ, um, I I do I, I think that with the offensive line that he has in front of him, the two running backs that that he has behind him. Um, the tight ends that he has this year and the receivers this year. Uh, I think the supporting cast around him uh, will help him put the game on his shoulders if we have to. Um, and if it comes to a big game with Georgia, now you're looking at a huge talent discrepancy on paper uh, there. But um, I, I think that it would end up being more about can our defense stop that talented offense or is it going to turn into a shootout? And then is it just going to turn into who's got the better athletes in, in a track meet to, to end up scoring the most points. So I, I think JJ has the potential. I would trust him uh, with how efficient he's been this year. So I think just real quick, as we got a few minutes left here, but you know, under Jim, our bowl record hasn't been great. And that, and that includes the last two college football playoff games, like one and six or something right now. So we didn't pass the ball that much last year. And I think I kind of heard JJ a little bit with the reps and forcing some passes in there against TCU. Cause let's be honest. And I'm saying this as a football fan. I think we beat TCU nine times out of 10 that we played them for sure. Now uh, we go along and play Georgia again as well too. Um, if we beat TCU um, and let's be honest too. I mean, we ran into a semi-pro NFL team against Georgia a couple years back. I mean, that team was just absolutely just freakish. JJ yeah. came in late. He's a mobile quarterback. He looked pretty good against that defense. Maybe not all starters, but still, they were deep. They were NFL semi-pro ready deep. Um, I trust JJ. He's getting a lot more reps in passing if that's the game we have to go to. And also, too, like teams have to choose. They've been hearing about Corman Edwards and our Joe Moore, two-time Joe Moore offensive, offensive line, right? So they got to choose. Are you going to defend the pass or are you going to defend the run game now? And that's the identity of our offense right now. And we don't have to do, we don't have to be flashy. We don't have to do anything we want to show right now to our biggest rivals. Um, And then big games coming up against Penn State and, and Ohio State at the end of the year. So we're just playing our game right now. 
Derek alluded to Joe Blatt mentioned that we're a bulk constrictor, and that's kind of what our game is right now is to take control of offense, defense, and special teams. So we'll wrap up here um, from the Victor's Nation pod and joint podcast with uh, um, Sky U pod. Um, Sky U pod, real quick, where can, um, where can our followers and Minnesota followers find you guys? Yeah, you can listen to our podcast pretty much on uh, any podcast listening platform you perform where at Sky Pod. Uh, we're on Twitter or X, whatever you're calling it, at Sky Pod One. And uh, yeah, I think we got a Facebook page up, kind of working on that part. And then we're also on YouTube now as we're all going video. So yeah, we're at Sky Pod on YouTube as well. So that's where you can find our stuff. So it was a pleasure having you guys on here and collaborating and bantering a little bit back and forth about strategies and matchups. So appreciate you guys on Kurt, Max, Spencer from Sky Pod. Thanks, guys. Go blue. blue. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us on. Enjoy the game. The countdown. Welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod. Um, If you're hearing my voice, you either just heard our Michigan crossover episode. um, Having some technical difficulties on my end. It's totally my fault about that. So, if that's not linked, or I'm sorry, if that's not added in here at the start of this video, I will link it in the description of where you can see our crossover episode with our big banter Michigan partners. Um, what was their podcast name again? <laughs> the Victor's Nation. Victor Nation. Thank you. Yes, Victor Nation. They were they were awesome. Um, so I will link that if nothing else. But we will summarize it here. Just because, you know, we did all predict a gopher loss, unfortunately. We're all roughly around the same scores. I think a couple of them and you guys were around 35-10. I had 39-13. So we're all around the same score. Um, You know, the big thing is for me, this Michigan defense hasn't given up more than seven points all year. Now, our old line has been a strength so far. So, you know, outside of that Nebraska game. So I'm looking forward to see how they can play against this Michigan front. Um. Don't get me wrong, I think the Michigan front is the better unit, but I, I think our O-line is good enough to hit a couple four, five, you know, seven-yard runs enough early on to give you a chance to take advantage of something in the pass game. Um, I hope they lean into that pass game. Um, I know Spencer was saying he thinks we'll, we got to limit possessions overall in the game, so he's thinking a little bit more of a run-heavy approach. Um, but those were our thoughts on the offense. Obviously, no Lemecki hurts. Um, not having Ottman Bell back really this year yet kind of hurts. And then flipping uh, to the defensive side for the Gophs, it's just been a kind of a clunky, not fully playing together football so far this season for them. So um, no Cody Lindenberg is going to be an absolute killer because our young linebackers seem to have kind of struggled a little bit here the last couple games. Um, they're hit and miss in the run. Like if they know where to go, I think they've been – pretty good and you know physically they've been up for the challenge it's just maybe the mental things of not having their eyes in the right spot or not reading the play of how it's playing out correctly so if either Lindenberg could somehow come back or if the linebackers can just shore up their run defense um you know you give yourself a, a puncher's chance in this one just maybe something crazy happens uh you know maybe jaw joiner beats his guy just a couple times but when he does beat him something big happens off of it either a pressure that forces a bad throw or maybe a strip sack, something. But you'll definitely need turnovers um, to stop this uh, Michigan offense. J.J. McCarthy has the best QBR right now in the Big Ten. 
Um, Roman Wilson leads the country, I believe, in touchdown receptions. He's basically the only one he's really targeted in the red zone. Not that they don't have other great players. They do. They're number two for a reason. So a lot of things kind of need to go go the Gophers way if we're going to have any shot. Um, if we were to be playing a little bit more cohesive heading into this game, you know, maybe I could find an upset somewhere in my heart and just pick the Gophers. Unfortunately, the defense has just been kind of hit and miss right now, I, I say. Um, but they did get better in the second half last week. So maybe they come out on fire, locked in, ready to go, and can can give us a chance to do something crazy. We'll see. But, um, yeah, so that'll be this Saturday night, uh, 6.30 on NBC. Um, obviously, we're all pulling for the ghost and, and pulling for the upset. Okay, moving on now to the Sky U Pod Parlay of the Week. It hit last week, baby. As long as you didn't throw in my late recommendation of Washington, it did hit is what we're counting our picks. Um, First time ever, pretty historic, and we're ready to win some more money with you guys this week as well. Okay, there was a couple I really liked this week, so it made it tough in choosing, but I will lead first. Um, Max, hope you didn't pick this one. I went with the big-time rivalry game. Texas is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Oklahoma Sooners. I think Texas is legit this year. Oklahoma has not played the greatest teams yet, so I'm not sold on them at this point in the season. I'm not saying it can't be back and forth at the start, but I like Texas to pull away and cover that five and a half point spread in that rivalry. I like it. I, yeah, like, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah. I like the pick too, Kurt. Um, Texas looks good. You know, it's funny yeah. every year we kind of say, Oh, Texas top 10 team ranked preseason or whatever top 15. And they just are, are not, you know, top 15 worthy, but this year they look legit. It'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. Um, I'll go next here. Um, this one seems a little easy to me. I could be wrong. Um, Kurt mentioned that this part, this team that I'm going with defense has not been good and that's right, but I just don't trust the other team. It's LSU in Missouri. Um, LSU goes on the road to Mizzou. And they are four-point favorites. Um, LSU just kind of had a shootout loss against Ole Miss last week. Um, Ole Miss is a good team. And I think LSU is a decent team, too. You know, they lose to Florida State. You know, they lose to Ole Miss. Both of them great teams this year. I don't think Mizzou is on the caliber of those teams. And certainly not LSU, I think. I think LSU is a solid team. I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, probably a good bounce-back spot, too. Um, Missouri's sneakily has been actually pretty good. I know they, they earlier, they crushed my Kansas state lock when they beat them outright, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, my pick, uh, there was a few that I liked, uh, but the one that I feel most confident in is Fresno state. They're six point favorite at Wyoming. Um, I know Wyoming's beaten or played, you know, some teams pretty tough, but defense, like offensively, they're just haven't been successful and they're okay on the defensive side of the ball, but Fresno state has just really been a complete team. They're always a tough group of five team. Um, they're undefeated and I think they're going to want to keep that going. So I think Fresno state can win by double digits easily here. I like it. I like that. Like Honestly, another... I like all these picks. I personally <laughs> like all these picks. And so the Texas you, one, so... the Texas one scares me just because it's such a big rivalry game. It feels like it's anything can yeah. happen, but which I will so... say Oklahoma sneakily, I know they really played anyone, but they, they seem like they're leaps and bounds 
ahead of where they were last year, if I can give them that credit. But I think Texas is also a lot better too. Obviously, beating Alabama helped. Yeah, the rivalry part is the only thing that makes it like thrown into question. But it's just like I know Texas isn't going to overlook them because it's the rivalry. Yeah, and because like they have so much going for them right now at this point in the season. There's no there's no loss that they randomly drop. But I I completely get what you're saying. I think rivalry games are scary to pick always for for spreads. But yeah. Um, yeah. The big thing though with that one, it feels like it's always uh like those two offenses score so much that the winning team is probably gonna win by a touchdown either way. So as long right. as you're outside that that six points and you think Texas will just win, then yeah, I like yeah. it. Um all right. Uh one team that I'm not picking anymore is is Notre Dame games because I've just <laughs> been burned on them in in either way. Like last last week. That Duke game, I don't know what Duke was doing. I know the quarterback got hurt, but punting from, was it like the 36? And then giving up the the scramble on 4th and 16, they let Sam Hartman run for 17. Just an absolute killer. And and then they didn't even lose. They didn't even give up the field goal. They, they gave up the touchdown to not cover at all. So it was just a brutal beat all around for, for my pick. I didn't have actual money on it. Max, you did. And for Notre Dame, so congratulations on on the cover. And then just going back to the other Notre Dame game two weeks ago against Ohio State, uh, maybe it was three weeks, two weeks ago. Um, they Ohio State kicked the extra point for no reason. Like they should have just knelt and won by two, and Notre Dame would have covered for me and got got a push out of it. But you know what? We live and we learn. Um, the Irish are just, you know, last year for me, it was Cincinnati. Stay away from Cincinnati. This this year, it's going to be Notre Dame because I'm, I'm just not happy with us <laughs> picking up. All right. Now, uh, it's a great weekend of college football once again. Um, obviously, we'll avoid the ones we pick. We'll start with Friday night. You have Nebraska visiting Illinois. Two very sad fan bases at this point in the season. Um, Illinois is a three and a half point favorite right now. The over under is 42 and a half, which my gut tells me it's going to be under. I just don't think there's going to be that many points. But, um, fellas, what, do you, what are you seeing with Illinois hosting the Huskers? Ooh, I like this game because I feel like even though these two teams aren't going to make you know noise, I think this game is important for each team for their own reasons, right? Got a new coach in Nebraska that's trying to get something going there. Illinois, what, were they all of our favorites? Well, I think I said Iowa, but like they, yeah, they they're mine. The West, they're they're up for the West, right? And it doesn't look like that right now. So they got to win out if they yeah. have want any shot. But I think Nebraska will cover this spread. I think that you know they'll kind of get something going at this tail end of the year here, the second half, and. And maybe they'll they'll start to get things rolling. So I'm going to go Husker. I mean, both teams just got their ass kicked. So I really don't know who's going to pull out. Sorry, Max. I cut off. Go ahead. No, yeah. I, I think I would take Nebraska in the points as well. Um, I feel like it should be a close game. Um, but, I, yeah, I guess comparing the two teams, you know, it does seem like – I know Nebraska has kind of suffered for a long time here, but – with under you know under the new coaching regime and they've already like changed quarterbacks and stuff it feels like Nebraska really has you know like they haven't lost anything it's not like they've underperformed whereas Illinois just kind of feels dead in the water so I think Nebraska yeah. still you know they're gonna go and try to you know compete every game not that Illinois is not but Illinois kind of just lost their mojo a little bit so I'll take the yeah I I think I'm with you guys I just 
what should happen, I feel like, is Illinois' D-line should eat the Huskers' offense alive. But it's been so inconsistent on that side of the ball for Illinois. I, and the offense, quite frankly, hasn't looked nearly as good once we've gotten into kind of Big Ten play. So, yeah, you guys have talked me into it. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Huskers. Um, yeah, this, this line shocks me. Maybe Vegas knows something I don't. Um, Ohio State hosts Maryland. Ohio State is getting 20 points. I'll go first. Um, and we are reading lines at the time they are now. So this is being recorded on a Thursday. So I know it didn't open that big, but it, money's coming on Ohio State. I'm going to go Maryland. I, I know they haven't really played a ton of great teams yet, but they've looked pretty good. Um Maybe this is the week Ohio State's offense looks as explosive as it as it has the potential to probably be, but and we just haven't seen that yet. So I'm going to take the points and Maryland. Maybe it's the suckers bet, but I'm I'm going to do it. No, I think that's a good pick. Honestly, I I would take that in real life in an instant. Just Ohio State obviously has a talent, but Maryland's been playing hot. They you know they want to keep it rolling, and obviously they're going to step up big for Ohio State. And Ohio State just they they, they thumped like Western Kentucky or something, but other than that, they haven't really proven to like blow teams out yet. So I think twenty points like that's that's a lot for especially Maryland's offense can at least score points to try to keep up. I think that I, I agree with both of you. I just feel like Vegas knows something here. This seems like too obvious, does it not? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just want the turtle heads to prove it. You know, in Big Banter, we have a lot of Maryland guys really hyped about their team. And they should be. They're doing really well. But this is the Buckeyes, fellas. This is the cream of the crop. I got to believe it. You know, I got to see it to believe it. I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. All right. First differ on uh, on the week in there. Um, sorry, where'd we go? The, another surprising line, uh, 11 a.m. game as well, sticking in the Big Ten. Rutgers travels to Madison. Got to catch this one on Peacock. Wisconsin's getting 13 points. Man, I, I'm going to go Rutgers. Rutgers, I'm going to take the points. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Wisconsin's without Chaz Malusi, so you know I know they still got Braylon Allen, but I I think this Rutgers team is uh, not in not desperate, but you know they still have the chip on their shoulder of trying to show like their quality team here. I think, I think they got something there, so I'm gonna take Rutgers in the yeah. I'll go, I'm gonna go the same. I think we're three for three on the same picks. Yeah, uh, kind of for the same reason. I think both teams are gonna play well enough defensively, and you know Wisconsin's still kind of trying to figure out their new offense, and maybe Rutgers will score a couple of. <laughs> 13 points is like the equivalent of 24 for like a normal game, it feels like. Oof. It's tough for me. I feel like Wisconsin is trying to figure it out, but I feel like as of late, they've kind of gotten in a little groove on offense. Like it's slowly kind of piecing together. Rutgers, I, I, I want to give them credit. They are much better than they have been in past. 13 points is a lot. I'm just going to go with Madison. I think that Wisconsin can do it. Their offense is capable of doing it. I don't know if Rutgers can handle that that Western, you know, defense, mm-hmm. if you will. I think defense over here is is solid, so it's slower. We slowed the game down. Out East, they're kind of used to that fast-paced Ohio State kind of ball, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like talking it. myself <laughs> into the pick, I guess. What he's actually doing, audience, is he's fading me and Max's picks, which is <laughs> might probably be the smart play, actually. So, um, yeah, watch Spencer this, come away. Undefeated. Yeah, not that it matters for anyone else, but 
this will be an interesting week now because right now Spencer and I are tied uh, 13, 14, and 1 in picks. So, that, so that's, now... our, that's our leading <laughs> picks record, guys. So we're just warning you. Out. But our locks are on. huh? My locks have they been are. pretty spot on. So yeah. let's stick to the Skypod parlay and the uh, ones consider. Um, another fun one here at 2 o'clock getting out of the uh, – out of the Big Ten play, well, future Big Ten uh, conference member UCLA host Washington State. Washington State is a three-point dog. Um, first, let me say I love the under actually in this game. The over/under sixty and a half, and I think both of the defenses are actually pretty decent. Um, at least, at least it was in the Utah game for for UCLA Utah. That's really all I'm going off of. I haven't watched a ton of UCLA football, but. Um, I'm going to go Washington State. I've been rooting for them all year just because they're one of the teams kind of left behind by all the power moves, and they've looked good. I know it was a tough game against Utah, but they still pulled – or no, that was Oregon State. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, I like what Washington State showed us, at least against Wisconsin. I guess that's the only game I've really watched. And they beat the Beavers. Yeah. I'm going Washington State plus the points. I agree again. <laughs> <laughs> I think both teams, yeah, defensively match up well, but I think Washington State's offense is just a little bit better. Uh, they've still got Cam Ward, so – yeah, uh, I don't know. UCLA, not really a tough road environment, so I think it's uh, not unrealistic they could just win it outright. I'm going to go UCLA. <laughs> I I got the Bruins. I don't know. I I am impressed with Washington. Um, I just got I just got the Bruins winning this game and covering. All right, we will end it with one more Big Ten game, just because it's a classic matchup where things just seem to happen. Iowa hosting Purdue, both teams coming off big wins last week. Um, Iowa's was close, but they pulled it out. Iowa is a two and a half point favorite at home. Oh boy, I think this is a coin flip a game. To be honest, really? like, I don't, I, I don't, don't know. So. I'm gonna go Iowa because I just feel like I want Purdue to win, and it won't happen. And that's my whole rationale I got. I don't know what their offense is going to do without without Cade, but it didn't do a lot with Cade, and their defense is still pretty solid. And I don't know, Purdue looked better, but Illinois also looked bad. So I'm I'll go I'll go Iowa at home. I think this is the first time I'll be different than you, Kurt. Um, yeah, I know Purdue's defense hasn't been that great, but I think this is probably the perfect matchup for them <laughs> to face a terrible yeah. offense. Um, and yeah, like you said, initially you think Iowa losing their quarterback, they sh- you know maybe almost shouldn't even be favored, but it's not like he did anything anyways, but um, yeah. I don't know. It, I, yeah, it it feels weird to not take Iowa on such a low spread at home, but I just hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah. The, here's why I'm going with Iowa. Dude's offense has looked horrible. Their horrible. offense? I feel like they're off. Here's the thing. Against they a just good put up defense, 44 points. But they're playing against Iowa. I don't know yeah. if they're as good as they were last, they were last year on offense. And this Iowa Fair. team to me, this Iowa team to me defensively looks looks really good. And I think I think Hudson Carr is a good quarterback. I think Purdue's offensive line is suspect for sure. Right? Yeah. But and you're going against Iowa. I don't know. They're going to have studs up front. Up front, they're always going to be sound. I got Iowa, and they only need to cover by what a field goal. So I just think that that's yeah. yeah. This could easily be like a fourteen thirteen game. I think just like yeah. yeah. It really feels like the game where it's like Iowa can't score, but they don't let anyone else score either. So yeah, maybe a sneak. I also, yeah, I really should have used, I'm just going to use my logic that I should have used last week for the Illinois game that 
you know, even if Purdue's weak up front, like if they're going to try to throw the ball, maybe it won't matter quite as much, but sure. Iowa still got a solid defense everywhere. Yeah, Cooper DeGene, man, that guy just keeps on uh, finding ways to score touchdowns and make exciting plays as a pretty much exclusive defensive player. Which I wonder if they'll move him over just because they've been um That'll be interesting. Um, all right. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sky U Pod. I know the Big Ten schedule is dropped today. Um, so that's a lot of stuff we could dig into, but we didn't want to combine it with this crossover episode potentially. Like I said, if it's not at the start of this, I will link it in the description so you can tune in and listen. Um, those guys over there were great and uh, our big banter partners. So check Big Banter Sports out when you get the chance. We are Sky U Pod one. Um on Twitter. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. We will look at that Big Ten schedule probably next week when we are on a bye week. So there's no game to preview after this mission until Iowa in two weeks. So thanks for tuning in. Go, go. So let's go get that little brown jug.